Happy snow day! Yeah, good to see ya, Bruce. <laughs> I'd rather you call me Bryce today <laughs> okay. because I'm gonna call you Snowa. Oh, and that's I thought Bryce, adorable. Ice. Okay, that's good. Good morning. It's uh, everything's canceled. And uh, we were scrambling yesterday when we realized we couldn't do service the way we had intended. And so uh, it, just, it just happens that I was looking back at our old videos because for the annual meeting. Right. And I came across this Sunday, May 3rd, right, right at the beginning when we were first trying to get used to everything <laughs> and how it works. And I there was a lot of evolution. <laughs> they were not so hot in the beginning, but right here is when we started hitting our stride. Well, I, I, was trying to, I was still trying to figure out how to preach from a chair. That was, that was a learning curve. Yeah. And, uh, but nonetheless, I found a sermon that was on temptation training called the battle plan. And it went so perfectly with last week's message on lead us not into temptation, that I was just upset that I hadn't included some of the, the information from it. And I, so I was trying to incorporate it into this week's, but it just it didn't work. And so yesterday when we were scrambling as to what to do for worship and all that, hey, this is when we're supposed to be looking back? We thought, let's look back to May 3rd. Hi, I'm Bruce Worson, pastor of His Place Community Church. The following message came from a Sunday morning right here at His Place. When is the lure of sin most appealing to you? Well, we ended last Sunday talking about preparing for the inevitable battle that comes when we decide to put the Lord first and choose to live by His Word. And we know the identity of public enemy number one, the original. Scripture says, Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Resist him standing firm in the faith. So let's do whatever it takes to defeat him. Today, we are in temptation training, training to withstand it or avoid it, not to cause it. Back to the question, when are you most vulnerable to temptation? At home? out of town, or on the road, with a spouse, with your friends, or all alone. When you're stressed, or lonely, or bored. Right now, pretty much everyone is all of those last three, stressed, lonely, and bored. But you see, thanks to our individual strengths and weaknesses, each of us is lured into sin in different ways. And yet, every temptation follows the same pattern. Oh, that's good. See, the enemy has used the same strategy, the same old tricks since the beginning. Know why? 
they work. But it's good to know that he's so predictable. That works in our favor. For we are not unaware of his schemes. Unless, of course, you are. In which case, we need to take this time to make ourselves aware of Satan's foreseeable schemes. First, he identifies a desire. A desire that is deep within us, deep within you, deep within me. This is what he does. Sometimes it's a deviant desire for something bad, like revenge. Sometimes it's a decent desire for something good, like pleasure. No matter. Whichever it is, Scripture says, each one, as you and me, each one is tempted when by his own evil desire, he or she, of course, is dragged away and enticed by their own evil desire. But like I said, it might not begin as an evil desire. In fact, this is where the enemy really excels. The enemy will often highlight a legitimate need and suggest that you fulfill it in an illegitimate way. But either way, it is internal desire that gives temptation its grip. And the hold can be incredibly tight when a very real longing is met with a very clear promise of satisfaction. And after he identifies that deep desire inside of us, well, that's when he plants a doubt about what? About God's desires. He whispers in our inner ear that the Lord the Lord won't or can't satisfy your desire in the way that will most satisfy you. And this little bit of unbelief will briefly turn us against God. So, see to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away. Temptation will always win if and when we buy the lie that the Lord is not determined to meet our needs the best way they can be met. And see, this is when the enemy can best promote a deception. It'll be okay this one time, this one little thing. Oh, oh, you can easily get away with it. No, nobody's going to know. After all, you deserve it. It's a legitimate need. And it'll solve the problem fast. Plus, God, God will forgive you. That's what he does. You see, a desire empowered by doubt is deceptively deadly. Scripture says after desire has conceived, it gives birth. After it conceives, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. 
Don't be deceived. It's funny. Paul uses conception and birth to make the case that a little sin is like a little pregnancy. It will reveal itself given enough time and it will need attention. And finally, the enemy, he persuades an act of disobedience. I use the word persuade because he, he cannot force a child of God to rebel. The devil did not ever make me do it, regardless of what Flip Wilson used to say. <laughs> I like to keep my references hip. The devil didn't make me do it because he has no power without my permission. He is limited to his greatest strength, making a very compelling recommendation. We could put his, his schemes in uh, fisher of men terms. He's got his own fishing plan going. See, he finds the best fishing hole among my desires. Then he baits the hook with tailor-made lies. Oh, and he bobs it. <laughs> bobs it with a promise of ending my craving. And he waits. And he waits. He waits for me to bite. So he can reel me in. Well, he can bob all he wants, but he can only dangle the bait. That's all he can do. You and me, we're the ones who decide to bite. Every time. Every temptation now provides as much opportunity to do what's right as it does to do what's wrong. Everyone. It'll either be a stepping stone or a stumbling block. And with each choice that we make, you and I, to do what's right, we grow in the character of Christ. Which is why the Father allows us to be tempted. It's part of the plan. It's good for us. James says, blessed is the man who perseveres under trial. Man is in mankind. The person who perseveres under trial, persevere, trial's coming. Just as roots will strengthen when the wind blows against a tree, each time we stand firm against the force of temptation, we become stronger. That's how it works down here. Temptation provides resistance training. It's kind of a God-ordained thing. And now that you and I, now that we are aware of his schemes, I'm talking about the enemy, we need to devise a scheme of our own against him. So let's do it. First, plan on the battle coming. Don't feel guilty or ashamed for being tempted. That is a misunderstanding of spiritual maturity. Scripture says when you are tempted, not if you are tempted. It's not a sin to be tempted. It's a sin to act on it. And since you know, and I know, the battle's coming, well then, number two, prepare for the attack. We need to be alert. We need to maneuver offensively. Prepare. 
when and where and with whom are you most susceptible to an attack of temptation? Home, away, spouse, friends, alone, stressed, lonely, bored? Start thinking strategically. Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion. I just want you to see the first part of that. Be self-controlled and alert. You gotta be alert. Stay alert to inevitable areas of temptation. Avoid them as much as possible. And then guard yourself with healthy self-awareness. Know yourself. And when the battle does begin, oh, here's part of the scheme, duck and cover. That's what you do. Duck and cover. Immediately kneel and cover yourself in prayer. Why? Well, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. What do we have? Oh, but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are. He knows what it's like to have destructive thoughts hop into your head and inappropriate suggestions whispered into your ear, made in your mind. There's an enemy. But our Savior, he's sympathetic to our struggle. He gets it. Ask for wisdom and strength to stand firm. But here's the thing. Tell him what you want to do and why you want to do it. Talk to him about your temptation, about your sin. Here's what I want to do right now. I want to do this, and here's why I want to do it. Help. Help. Just talking about it. So important. He's been there. He understands. I mean, he's got himself, and he emptied himself so that he could understand from our perspective. Okay, then, after you duck and cover, you got to retreat to regroup. Scripture says, Turn my eyes away from worthless things. And Paul says to Timothy, flee the evil desires of youth. And remember when Potiphar's wife, Meryl Potiphar's wife, tried to seduce, look at Potiphar's wife, tried to seduce Joseph. Are you, are you trying to seduce me, Mrs. Potiphar? Scripture says, she caught him by his cloak and said, come to bed with me. Now I should do a gravelly voice, like, come to bed with me. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but he left his cloak in her hand and ran out of the house. Why? Because when it comes to trouble, he did not ignore the obvious. It's easier to stay out of it than to get out of it. Have you learned that lesson? The hard way? Yet? You know, the quickest way to terminate a temptation. Turn our attention away from it. So, retreat with your feet. Redirect your focus. And regroup with Father God. And then, radio for reinforcements. Whether it's 
simply a single Christian soldier or an entire support battalion. Scripture says, confess your sins to one another and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Here's the reason. Sin grows in the dark. A big step in the battle then is to bring it into the light so that you can be prayed for and encouraged and loved unconditionally and held accountable. Some victories require an ally on the ground. And finally, and mostly, use your weapon. We're told to resist the devil and he will flee. But how are we supposed to resist him? Jesus calls him the father of lies. And he's had thousands of years of practice. So we won't win an argument, at least not with our own words, our own logic. No. We're expected to resist the way Jesus resisted. When Satan had a suggestion, Jesus had a scripture. So, as it says, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. We stand alone on the Word of God because His B-I-B-L-E is our only W-M-D-D, i.e. weapon of mass devil destruction. So how prepared are you to face your temptations this week? I will sign off on this. Above all else, remember this. You won't stand a chance in the fight of your life with your weapon gathering dust on a shelf. So let's pray. Father God, you've reassured us that we can face our trials with joy because you, you are working through them to develop us. Holy Spirit, make us sensitive to the enemy's schemes against us and, and, and empower us to use our temptations as stepping stones rather than stumbling blocks. And Lord Jesus, as we continue to worship you this morning, we thank you and praise you for being sympathetic to our struggle and for always providing a way of escape. And everybody said, Amen. Well, thanks for listening in. Why don't you join us on a Sunday morning? If you'd like more information about the church, just point your browser to hisplacechurch.com. Until next time, may the Lord bless you, keep you, and make His face shine upon you. Amen.